Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. And so welcome to our Advent series. Advent sort of means arrival or coming, and it's a special season really of the church. You might have heard it as a term, you obviously would have heard Christmas, but Advent perhaps a little less known sometimes. Special season of our faith. And um, it's the four weeks, and especially the Sundays as we've unsuccessfully lit the pieces struggling to, to break out in our world, but hope remains eternal. So we've tried two candles. That was a pretty uh, bit, bit of a disaster, but there you go. Those four Sundays as we as we think hope and peace and joy and love and the Christ candle and all of those sorts of things. And it's a time of preparation. It's not sort of like it's all about Christmas morning or it's all about Christmas Eve, but it's this time of preparation, a travel if you like, a journey if you like, as we in our own way and in this series, this series with the people of the story moved towards a moment of recognition of God being with us, God being in us, God being uh, who we want to follow and who we want to know. And so our focus this year is on listening to the voice, voices of those who are present at this, uh, you know, this cosmic thing, what we call the incarnation. Big word, I'm going to use a couple of big words. It's a big word essentially meaning God becomes human. So this is called the incarnation. And, and some of the voices that we're going to follow to the stable, to the manger, to the glory, whatever it might be, are, are very well known. And, and I'm going to read to you today some voices that you will know, and maybe some you won't. Um, but some are less known, some are more in the background, some have to be sought out. Some take more effort to listen to, but there are voices of angels and kings and prophets and priests and peasants and craftsmen and shepherds and men and, importantly, women and children. And they're wonderful voices. And then there is you and me, just as important in the context as we go through the series. Um, Also on a journey, travelling towards Jesus, all these voices there for a reason, all of us here for a reason, somehow looking to the Spirit of God to to bring those two things together over the course of these weeks. It's going to be very exciting. Now, not only are the voices, but we're going to see the event um, a little bit through history, through the eyes of artists from around the world. And so we're going to be looking not so much to the artists that we've perhaps become familiar with out of the Renaissance in Europe, but but artists from from other countries, India and Africa and Aotearoa and and all of the possibilities that we can find just to stretch us and grow us and help us see what a broad thing this whole Christmas story is. The nativity has inspired people for 2,000 years to to carve, to paint, to to draw, to write, to stop, to sing. And we're going to be trying to tie in with those people and also hear their voices and be inspired by them. And so we hope for some fresh insights. We hope for moments of healing or restoration. We hope to be moved. Oh, I hope that I'm moved over the next Advent series. And that in the bright places that we see and the dark places that we see, that these stories will show us something of ourselves 
and make room as Mary did for Jesus to be incarnated in us and with us and around us and together for all of us. And so this morning I'm going to be speaking about the angels' voices and tonight Fran will be speaking about Mary's voice and each Sunday for the next three weeks we'll be doing different morning and night and then on uh, Christmas Eve it'll be the same message about God's voice at 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock. So follow us. Follow us on uh, our, our um, uh, podcast, uh, svc.org.nz, or you can f- from our website or on your podcast source, or, um, or on Facebook Live, or come live. You know, come tonight to hear Fran speak on Mary. What a fantastic thing it would be as we lead up to this Christmas time. So we're talking about angels' voices today. Never done this before, but, you know, no angels' voices, no Christmas as we know it, basically. Um, Gabriel and assorted other angels, they got plenty of action in this whole Christmas story. And so they come and talk to Zechariah, and we'll follow that in a little bit. They come and talk to Mary, we'll follow that story in a little bit. They come and talk several times to Joseph, and um, I'm not going to talk about that this morning because I'm talking about Joseph next Sunday night, and we'll pick up on that a little. And of course they come to the shepherds, and we're going to talk a little bit about this this morning. The angels are so significant to us in the whole Christmas story. And I was thinking about, you know, because angels are a real thing, I was thinking, I was wondering if anybody had ever seen an angel. Just kind of, just a possibility. Okay, see the sheriffs. Oh, my goodness. Okay, anybody want to just quickly tell us about that? Do you want to tell us? Is it, is it too personal? It is too personal. But, but it's moving. It's powerful. Fantastic. Yeah. I was uh, probably one of your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember having a really bad dream and then feeling the angel come and carry me away in, in, in my. I was sleeping, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's mm-hmm. a dream. Okay, so two angels in a dream. Uh, and? I uh, in London last year, an angel hovering over the roof. Hovering over the room. Over the roof. On the ceiling of the roof. Over the ceiling. Independently, three people, God had the same name, the angel. Right. Do you remember? No, it's no. Fantastic. Keith? Yeah, I was uh, newly married, and, but I've always been fascinated with angels, and I asked the Lord to, to allow an angel to visit until I had my visitation. Isn't that amazing? So, angels, you know, testimony, we talk about the Holy Spirit a lot, we don't, we don't speak about angels. Um, an awful lot. So, so you know, kind of, what is an angel? What are some of our some of our great sort of art that we've seen of what angels may and angels in the Bible sometimes appear in human form, sometimes appear in more um, sort of I guess celestial forms. Also, cherubim and seraphim, sort of the heavenly um, sort of uh, messengers and, and, and protectors. <coughs> so, they're heavenly beings mentioned three hundred times in Scripture. Angels, they're virtually every book of the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. They're passionate witnesses, usually to the glory of God. And, and their general reason for turning up, you know, was and, and is, you know, uh, perhaps as we could say here, to, 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 to declare the glory of God, to, to declare His work and His word and life and faith. And maybe, maybe, maybe this... Um, uh, Advent season, you might have an angel that visits you. I, I think an angel is going to speak to us today as we share, as I share, because we're going to go to the angels' voices <coughs> and see what they have to say. The most famous appearance of an angel 
came at the second big word, the Annunciation. The Annunciation is essentially the announcement of the Incarnation. And it's done a couple of times in the scriptures, but the, the big one that um, most people would be aware of, at least in some measure, is the uh, announcement of Gabriel to Mary of the arrival of Jesus. And so what I want to do today is a couple of, again, some, some art of um, the Annunciation that has been taken with us through history. Um, and so what I want to do today is to, is to read you three encounters with angels from the Christmas story. And I'm going to do them relatively, just sort of, you know, just read them, and then I'm going to read them fully so that we can sit in them. If you are not regular in church or you didn't grow up in church, um, these might be new. If you're regular in church or grew up in church, they'll be familiar. But I just want to encourage you to, to listen and feel and to enter in and to, and to, I guess, picture yourself as part of this tremendous angel visitations. And when we come to the end of our message today, I want to try and pull it together and suggest to you some things that we could learn and grow from there with some big ideas, I think, that are important. So I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 1, uh, verses uh, 26 to 38. And I don't think you need to turn to it. And I won't be putting a lot up, so maybe you can close your eyes and just come with me. And this is the Annunciation to Mary. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, May your word to me be fulfilled. I love Mary's answer, but that's Mary's voice. That's for tonight. But the angels' voices, greetings, highly favoured, and the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. No word that comes from God will ever fail. So that they're truths spoken um, to Mary, and yet they're truths for us today. Truths that we can um, adopt and come close to. It's a wonderful thing. Um, I, I, I love the sense of, of, of invitation that we have towards, um, you know, kind of embracing and being part of this whole story. The sense of the angel's care for Mary, the sense of God, you know, sending the message and tenderly, beautifully bringing her into a place that she can um, uh, ultimately accept God's call. I, you know, be, may it be, you know, as you have said. <coughs> 
So that's the first of the angel stories that I want us just to be aware of and maybe to think of during the week. The second would be the least of the three that I'm going to read today, least known, and that's the appearance of the angel to Zechariah. You have to jump back six months or more or less for another key appearance. I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 1, verses 11 to 24. So Zechariah becomes the father of John the Baptist. Zechariah and Elizabeth, who we've met in that previous one, become the parents of John the Baptist, and that's going to be really important in our story. And so again, maybe sit back, um, close your eyes, and listen to Luke chapter 1. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the spirit of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife was well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and not able to speak until this happens, because you did not believe my words, which come true, uh, will come true at their appointed time. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. Can't help feeling a bit sorry for poor old Zechariah, can you? Uh, his reaction to a surprise pregnancy, maybe he was my age, I think uh, a reaction to a surprise pregnancy would be um, a little, a little, um, I don't know, a little worse than Zechariah's, but there you go. So it, is a, it would be a fairly stunning, fairly stunning thing. And so his reaction was, it was a little bit similar to Abraham back in Genesis 15 when Sarah got pregnant, another um, old situation. Um, and even Mary's that we've read already, you know, kind of a, a surprise in the response. And yet, and yet for Zechariah, he ends up getting struck dumb, deaf and dumb, it would seem, um, for not having enough faith or kind of being, you know, kind of uh, asking a question about it. Whereas Mary tenderly gets invited into this process. Can't help feeling a little bit sorry for him. You've got to think that there's something at work here, you know, as this happens to Zechariah, that God has something that he's doing. You've got to think that there is something forming, if you like. There is something that, you know, as the statement comes out, as the, as the announcement comes, that's not yet for sharing. There's not yet to be contributed around. And, and maybe Mary, maybe as a teenager, and maybe sort of the, the shame and the culture and all of the things that Mary has to overcome to take note of this news, maybe those things are, are, are enough, in a sense, that she's able to treasure these things and to be able to work with them. But Zechariah, for some reason, 
ends up unable to speak, and it's got to be, you know, kind of the reason. Elizabeth, another kind of um, um, uh, component of this whole story, ends up in a secluded place, and Mary ends up joining her. Something taking place here that God's wanting to do. He's, he's forming an idea, just like he's forming perhaps ideas with us today. They can germinate, they can grow, and can develop over the course of our Advent series. There's another take on an important one, I think, is that God creates for Mary and then for Mary and Elizabeth a, ma a male-free zone. Important, I think, in the context of the times. And so Mary is able, you know, kind of with just the attention of the angel, of Gabriel, to come through her, you know, kind of the shock and the horror of those things and to be able to submit herself to the things that God's doing. And then, uh, then Elizabeth and... Um, and Mary together are in the are in the house just with Zechariah, but Zechariah can't speak, and Zechariah can't you know kind of can't do anything, and he can't communicate, and he's there in a sense. But they are able these two women as they as they process, as they talk, as they pray, as they as they wonder, and as they puzzle about these miraculous and unsettling circumstances, and to come into a place where they're truly able to to do the work of God, to hear the word of God and do the work of God magnificently. If you know the rest of the story as they're naming this baby John, you know, which is completely out of sync and step with the family. Zechariah finds his voice and confirms the thing that God's been doing in these women's lives to be the right friend who will call John. It's a beautiful, beautiful thought. And then we jump forward again and we get to the shepherds. You know, maybe even more than, than the Annunciation, the shepherds are on our still Christmas cards or in some of our jingles. And so I want to read to you from Luke chapter 2 as our last angelic visitation, and then we'll try and pull it together and see what God might be saying. So from Luke 2, eight, uh, verses 8 to 14, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favour rests. This is the high point of the Gospel of Luke, of the story, of the telling of the story. The high point is not Luke 2.7, which actually tells the birth of Jesus. It's very matter-of-fact. Mary gave birth, wrapped the child in swaddling clothes, and laid in the manger. That's verse 7. But the high point, the fireworks, if you like, the arrival of the heavenly host, the, the magnificence of the whole thing is proclaimed to the shepherds. And in a couple of weeks at night, we're going to be talking about, well, why would that be to these outsiders, to, the, to these people who you wouldn't expect by any means to be part of the initial announcement? So we'll explore that a little bit later. And, and, and it's a, a great theological statement that is made here. We're introduced to Jesus as the three titles that we're going to learn through his life and even through his, through his crucifixion and resurrection, that he is Saviour, that he is Messiah, and that he is Lord. All of them are in the announcement from the angel. We can see this beginning to happen 
in front of us. And we can see the possibility of hearts melting and, and drawing towards. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so I've been thinking about this during the week. I've been thinking about these, you know, and these, these are longer passages than we'd normally read, but how important is it to sit there in their souls as if I could say anything that's more magnificent than what the Scriptures already tell us? And I've been thinking about it this week, and I've been thinking about, you know, what would an angel say to us? What would an angel want to communicate to us? Any ideas? I've got a few ideas. Any ideas if an angel... You might have heard a little bit about it from the people who have seen angels. What do you reckon an angel would say? Well, from what they said already, be not afraid. Be not afraid would be the number one thing I would say an angel would say to us. And, and, in, this, and in all of those stories that we've just read, and the two Joseph stories that we haven't read, do not be afraid is the one constant. So you think about that, don't you? It's like, is that, I mean, I, I, I think it was pretty terrifying. So be not afraid, do not be afraid, may just be circumstantial, it's going to be okay. But I wonder, I wonder whether, you know, kind of we sit here, don't we, and think about, you know, kind of our relationship with God. And I wonder about fear, you know. I wonder about things that, that may even now gnaw away at us, you know. Be it, you know, kind of our life or our lifestyle or I wonder, wonder about next year or, you know, things that would be in our hearts. And I wonder about God, if you could hear it from an angel, if you could hear it from the Christmas story, hear it from the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter, I don't think. Don't be afraid. Anything else that you can think of that an angel might say to us? Would affirm who God is. I, I think that's probably right. Angels, you know, created beings, but heavenly beings... <coughs> No, I understand this. Hope. Hope, absolutely. I think it's it's inherent, isn't it? All of those announcements. What else? The warning. You're announcing God's plan of some sort. Okay, so so you know God has <laughs> had a plan, has a plan. Yeah, announcing God's plan. Anybody? Yes. Bringing good news. Bringing good news. Of course, they would be bringing good news. This is good news. Anybody else? Implicitly confirming the truth that God exists. Confirming the truth that God exists. Yeah. Yeah. Just by being. Yeah. At the very least, we can go back, can't we, into what we've heard today, into what we've heard from the stories. If the angels' voices were to speak to us down the ages, do not be afraid, but definitely be one. Let's take our fears into, you know, kind of this Advent season and, and hope. Peace, joy, love. Um, a, a greetings to Mary. Okay, to Mary. But I wonder, you know, whether there's somebody, you know, kind of a greeting to somebody. And, and, and we need to hear that we are highly favored, highly favored. Or that the Lord is with us. I mean, you know, kind of in this year or in this week or in this moment, do you feel like the Lord is with you? I wonder if an angel may say to you and encourage you with this whole thing. Or your prayer has been heard. And he said to, um, I think it was to Zechariah, wasn't it? That your prayer has been heard. He'd been praying, even though he was shocked, he'd been praying about this thing of being childless. Or that no word from God will ever fail. You know, I sometimes wonder, you know, kind of things that he might have whispered in our ear. 
and we wonder about it, whether we're going to, none of it's actually going to happen, that no word would fail, and an angel might say, you know, the story is not just a story that would be locked in history, but that will be alive today. And this statement about God is no different today than it was when it's being announced, you know, to the people that it was announced to. Or I've been sent to tell you good news. It's good news that we're wanting to hear, or that we are here, that a Saviour has been born, and a Messiah and a Lord has been born for us to encounter, to, to meet, to know, and, and, to, and to get it all off, I guess, to worship. Glory, glory, glory to God in the highest. What a magnificent sort of thing. And so I want to come towards an end this morning with what I think are three really big ideas. And um, if, you, if you want to jot these down, you can, or, or, or if not, I think you'll remember them because they're relatively simple. And so the first idea is this. We talked about Jesus being the incarnation, so the incarnation, you know, capital I. But a, but a big idea, I think, for us this Advent, this Christmas, as we lead towards, is that we are an incarnation, lowercase i, yes, we are not God or gods or whatever, but we are an incarnation of who God is. This is the way that we are to be, and this is the way that we are to live. We have received to ourselves this same Jesus, the same Spirit, the same God, and so we get to live, we get to be those people who are incarnated with the living God. Jesus is not coming this Christmas in the same way, but we are And that's important. It's a big idea. It's challenging. And then the second thought is the same, but in a different sense. But Gabriel brought the <coughs> annunciation. But we too are an annunciation. We are an announcement. You know, be it, you know, kind of come and, come and sit by me. That's five words. Come and sit with me or something like that. Whatever BG talked about in terms of inviting people to a Christmas Eve service. But be it an announcement and an invitation, or be it in the life that we live, or the lifestyle that we have, or the people that we're going to be, or the journey that we're going to go through, there's an annunciation that's going to take place, that's invited for us to take place, and how beautiful and magnificent is that. But and yet it's a deep thought. You know, it's not a, oh yeah, yeah I think I'll be an annunciation. It's, it's, you, you've got to kind of go somewhat deeper. You've kind of got to figure what that is. You've got to figure how it fits and works within who and what you are. And then finally, so kind of for this morning and the thought, is I think Advent, you know, invites us to our knees. And you see, and I'm not going to go into those voices or whatever because they're for, for future services, but you see with Mary, may your word be fulfilled. And you see with the, uh, with the shepherds, their response is, let's go and see. There's something incredible about this news. That isn't about sort of, you know, well, I've, I've heard three out of, the, out of the seven Christmas Eve services and that's probably good enough and all of that sort of thing. There's something about the journey of the voices that we're hearing that's worthwhile embracing for us as we follow through until the Christmas time. You know, my favourite, I'm not sure if it's a carol, my favourite Christmas songs, Oh Holy Night. It's the only one, I don't care, really care what we sing on Christmas Eve, I just look at the list and say we're doing Oh Holy Night, oh, that's mine. So it's the only one. It's, 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 as long as I'm pastor, 
also I hold them up twice because I do five and seven. Um, and, and it's often really hot. I remember back to the North Coast College days, and, and, and it, was, it was usually the last one. I don't know if it will be this year. And I was like, I, I could almost feel myself going faint at the end of it because it was so blinking hot and all that sort of thing, seeing that whole the night. And then I've got to kind of go up and do sort of, you know, peace be still and all that sort of thing, and, and off we go, this sort of thing. But there's a part of it that says, fall on your knees. Fall on your knees. That there's something about this whole Advent journey which is, demands a response. Not a casual, I've done this for 40 years, I've been a Christian response, oh, another Christmas, I'm busy, and you know, kind of can't wait till it's over. But a walk with the characters, to be a character, to walk towards this amazing thing, to the star, if you like, to the baby in the manger, if you like, to the heavenly host, if you like, whatever it is that kind of particularly grabs you that God invites you to. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn, you know. There is something happening. There is something that God wants to do in our life. Fall on your knees. Hear the angels' voices as we've done today. It's a divine time, a divine night, a divine morning. The night when Christ was born. The day when Christ was born. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.